Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pals fans? How are you? We always talk about ourselves, but we never ask how you guys are doing. Just just selfish. Uh, comment below this pod and fill us in, you crazy kids. Uh, tell us about yourselves. Tell us about what you expect from the season. Tell us a little bit about how you became a Pelicans fan, if you want. Whatever. We just want to interact with you, and we'll read some of your messages off on the next podcast. Now, today, we're ringing the alarm bells of Notre Dame because, and I just mispronounced that. It's going well. Because the Pelicans can't seem to win a preseason game. But we're going to talk about the preseason, some of the quotes from practice. Uh, I'll He's going to join us in a moment. Right now, it's just me and Kevin. But once he does, we're going to get some of those quotes. And we're just going to get you prepped for the regular Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Season Plus, we have a very special four-part preview coming on Monday with some of your favorite credentialed members of the Pelicans media. So stay tuned for that. That one's going to debut on Sunday if you're already a subscriber. If not, I'm going to drop it on Twitter on Monday. Uh, we're going to have Ali in a second. Right now, we're starting off with the Prince of Portocol, the house makeover artist who is quite literally surrounded by boxes right now, uh, and also working on his 10,000-word article. Mr. Kevin Berrios, are you still working on this article, or have you shifted gears to just full-on editing? I am still working. I'm still writing. Um, but um, deep enough into it, uh, it'll be broken up into parts, obviously, so... I just need to go back and uh, proofread parts one and two, and those will be ready to post soon. And then I'm in the middle of part three, and then there'll be a part four. Um, but those parts are going to be easier to get through because they're smaller. Um, so, yeah, uh, my brain is fried. My <laughs> house is full of cardboard boxes as furniture shuffles in every couple of days. I shuffle boxes out, boxes out and then delivery people bring new boxes for me to dismantle and take apart. Today I got my dressers and those boxes are huge and there's all kind of ridiculous packaging all over the place that I haven't had time 
to do because I told myself I was finishing this article tonight. So I'm just I unboxed the the uh, dressers, set them up, and then the boxes are just standing in every hallway, blocking every path throughout my house. Moving is always exciting. I'm sure everyone can attest to that. Unfortunately, you guys, we don't have Grub in attendance. Our number one Drew Brees fan, he'll know what that means. Uh, that's three in a row now. Do you think it's something we said, Kevin? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping not. I would love to have Grub back on soon. He's always a, a fun chat. I'm just kidding. He said he could get home a little bit later, but I've got a very early bedtime tonight. You're going to be hearing this on Wednesday. We're recording it on Tuesday. Before we get started, make sure you guys go over to thebirdrights.com after this podcast. Check out three great articles right now. Before Kevin's, uh, Kevin's debuts, uh, we've got an article from Ali, his SB Nation Pelican season preview. Make sure you check that out. Charlie Gonzalez, one of our newest writers, he's got an article on why a lineup featuring Julius Randle, Nikola Meritich, and Anthony Davis can and will succeed. And then Jamile's biggest attention getter on straight facts including anthony davis and rich paul that's one you must check out because social media is a buzz we've got je skeets today and chris sheridan dropping all these nuggets about where anthony davis could feasibly play in the future it's all ridiculous for now obviously next summer we will have to deal directly with some of these questions but for now just read this article and relax you have nothing to worry about until the summer of 2019 at the earliest now i'm your host and bird rights contributor preston ellis Kevin, let's start with this. The Pelicans are 0-3 in the preseason. How should we be feeling right now? Um, however you want to feel about it, I guess, is the best way to look at that. I'm not in the – I don't feel like I should be telling people how to feel about things and how to interpret things. I can tell you how I feel about it. Um, I'm not panicking. I mean, obviously, you would like to see a little bit better performance than what we're getting out there. Um, again – we thought we were going to enter training camp with no injuries, no major injuries, and we we're going to be um, able to strike right off the bat uh, with the fluidity that we wanted to see in the regular season. But of course, injuries quickly cropped up again. Luckily, these are all minor injuries, but they also are keeping us from being our true self out on the court, um, playing with the right lineups that we're going to play with, getting people familiar with the newcomers, getting the newcomers familiar with um, the people that were already on this team. Um, and then, you know, you get a lot of half speed. There's not a lot of trying on defense. Anthony Davis is uh, definitely coasting, which is not a problem for me. I want him to conserve his energy, knowing that we're going to play at the pace we're going to play at, uh, knowing that he is going to be the, you know, the foundation upon which this team is built. Um, you want him healthy and ready to go. You don't want him diving all over the floor risking minor injuries, risking major injuries. You don't want him wearing himself out early. You want him conserving. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with that. You know, Alfred Payton is, I guess, the biggest question mark that we're looking at. Um, I think everybody sort of agrees that Julius Randle will be a nice fit on this team and he will have a good role on this team. And that signing is something that is, you know, celebrated universally throughout Pelicans Nation. Whereas Alfred Payton is more of a, you know, honestly like a Rajon Rondo where you either love him or you hate him um, and you think he provides value or he is a borderline NBA player at this point in their careers, even though they are at very different point in their careers. Um, so it would have been, and, and kind of what we're seeing is, you know, not obviously the truth lies somewhere between those two polar opposites. You know, you have extremes on both sides, but 
usually moderation is where the correct answer is. And so um, when you're looking at Alfred Payton's performances, you're seeing some greatness, you're seeing some what's happening out there. And that's sort of what you expect from a player like him, but also especially to a player adapting to a new style of play, new players around him. So again, I'm not that concerned. I would have liked to have seen um, Alvin Gentry play Jared Jack a little bit more, where you would have sort of a veteran point guard out there to help some of these younger guys um, get them in the right positions to see, you know, when you're talking about your wing um, rotation that's battling out there, the, the Williamses, um, the Bluets, uh, you know, Garland Green. You want to see those guys play with somebody who can set them up and put them in the right situation to see what kind of players they're going to be. Um, but overall, I'm not overly concerned. Um, I think we're going to get it all together. I think it's going to be a team that meshes well, and when we're playing at high speeds and we're playing with Anthony Davis playing at full speed, everything else will look a lot better. Um, but even in the badness, I would say there's moments that have looked really, really good. And one person who's looked incredible is Drew Holiday. There doesn't seem to be any tail off from the closing of last season. So that's also very promising to have Drew start a season on fire, which is something we haven't had in a, you know, ever really because either injury or sitting out because of his um, wife's medical issues, those sort of things have derailed that from happening. So that this is a great thing to see. All right. Just to recap, that was a question from our buddy Andrew Juge of Saints Happy Hour podcast, and it was response to the Pelicans' performance against the Knicks last Friday night, a 106-100 to loss. Uh, they shot 36-94 and from the field, 23 turnovers, 53% from the free throw line on 30 attempts. They allowed 17 offensive rebounds. Many of those, of course, were uh, given to Enos Cantor and only scored 36 points in the paint. Darius Miller was the bright spot. At one point, he was 5 of 6 from three-point range. Nico shooting was a little bit rusty he was two of 11 from three although he did finish with 19 and 12 i think he played somewhere near 36 minutes on the night uh he was 7 of 20 ad was 5 of 17 frank jackson and ian clark combined to go 1 of 12 so it was not the pelicans best performance but uh kevin just aptly summarized the feelings going into it and what the pelicans have to look forward to with a doubleheader against both the miami heat and the toronto raptors and let's go ahead and transition to that kevin uh we just got a release from the Pelicans PR. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to do it from memory. Obviously, Jaleel Okafor uh, is not going to play, and we've got another story on him that we want to address, but uh, he could possibly play on Friday night against the, or uh, on Thursday night, I should say, against the Toronto Raptors in the Smoothie King Center. Joining him on the bench, of course, Alexis Agensa, Etwan Moore, Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis will be resting. But Julius Randle is anticipated to play. I'm not sure if he'll play in both games or just play against the Raptors in Toronto and then rest uh, at home in the Smoothie King Center. Kevin, how do you feel about three of the five Pelican starters resting uh, just, well, when you're hearing this, one week from the start of the regular season? Well, when you're talking about preseason that has back-to-back games, you know, it's understandable. The main goal of preseason is to get out of it without injury. So... I don't have a problem with Alvin Gentry erring on the, on the side of caution, you know, keeping these guys out and keeping them healthy um, and not overextending them. And then having them play in the one home preseason game that we get to showcase them to the, to the home crowd, I think is important. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. It's just the nature of NBA preseason. It's too short. Um, 
and then you, there's too much at risk also, where most of this work is being done in practice, getting people comfortable with each other, and in scrimmages, you know, where they're more controlled. Uh, so the the chemistry is forming there, and like you said, they're not going to go full speed regardless. So in in the in the games themselves. So it's better to just not risk the injury, especially on a back-to-back sort of situation. Got it. All right, just to give you some of those injuries, those updates, Alexis Agensa, of course, still that quad strain, although he has been spotted in five-on-five drills, according to Andrew Lopez and Will Gullery. Okafor, of course, is the ankle sprain. The other three starters are all coaches' decisions. Julius Randle, of course, uh, fell on his backside on a hard foul. I think it was by John Collins against the Atlanta Hawks just last week. So I'm interested to see uh, why... Alvin Gentry opted to sit some of these players and play Julius Randle. It must mean that they are confident that he is back at 100% at this point. And they just want to get him back into the flow of the offense and I get think, him up to game speed. I would say one thing I think about Randle playing without these other guys that's interesting. And it's something that I think a lot of people besides myself on uh, NBA Twitter, I mean on Pelicans Twitter, talk about. They, there's a strong belief that, that Julius Randle would be good coming off the bench because he can create his own offense without much help around him. He's like this wrecking ball kind of player that can just take over the game by himself and you can give him some time to cook. But in that, in that situation, he's also a great playmaker. So while the focus will be on him, he's able to create outside of that to set up guys that aren't necessarily able to create for themselves and, and help the bench unit thrive. So I think this is going to be an interesting test of that without Holiday and without Davis playing um, to see how Randall shines in that role where he is the man and he's able to uh, create for himself. And then everyone else is also sort of relying on that creation that he can provide. Yeah. What I'm really interested about this is we knew that Nico and AD would play well based on their time together last year. We assumed that Randall and Anthony Davis would be effective together. One thing that we haven't yet seen is Nicola Meritis sharing the floor with Julius Randall. I think that they're an apt pair uh, splitting the four or five. It's when you add Anthony Davis to the mix that things could get a bit tricky where you'll have to push one of them to the three. And of course, Charlie Gonzalez goes into great detail about this on the birdrights.com. So I am very intrigued by the matchup or uh, by the pairing, I should say, the four or five pairing of Nicola and Julius Randle, who splits time at the five. Uh, I would assume Randle would would start there, although they'd probably be interchangeable. I'm anticipating some kind of lineup of Alfred Payton, Ian Clark, Solomon Hill, Nikola Meritich, and Julius Randle. Kevin, do you think there's a chance that Frank Jackson gets the nod over Ian Clark? Yeah, I think they probably want to see more of Frank Jackson uh, because they know what they have in Ian Clark. So I think this is the time to let Frank play and see what he can do. You know, in the, the game against the Bulls, he played more off the ball in that game. Um, he was constantly moving and making a lot of cuts. But when he was on the ball, he was forcing the issue and pushing uh, the pace, uh, pushing things up court really quickly. Um, and he looked comfortable in that role. And then in the, the what was the game, um, the Knicks game, when he played, he was more on the ball and he seemed a little bit hesitant and he would get trapped a little bit and getting the offense in the flow wasn't really working for him. So I'd like to see him a little bit more off the ball, but I'm also hesitant to sort of just say that's what he should do because he may have also been hampered a little bit by that ankle injury where he just didn't have the explosiveness and the comfort level to be able to blow by people and then to create off of that. So I want to see him in, dual, in both of those roles, but I, I do really like him 
as a cutter and a runner off the ball and then running ahead in transition as well. Um, so I think we just need to see more of Frank Jackson because we don't know exactly what he is yet, um, whereas we pretty much know what Ian Clark is. So I think it's very important that Jackson gets a bulk, the bulk of the minutes over Clark in, in these coming games. All right, we've got 11 questions left, so I'm just going to run through this next section. But I want to encourage all of you to go on Twitter, follow Shams Terrania, and make sure you check out his article on Jaleel Okafor. Here's a quote directly taken from the article. Jaleel says, a week before the season ended, this is referencing last year, I looked at myself in the mirror and knew I not only had to get my body right, but my mind right. I went straight to Miami, changed my diet, and worked out. But most importantly, I started talking to a therapist to help me get through the depression and anxiety that I was going through. And it's something I'm still dealing with, but I'm coping with it a lot better, and I'm learning ways to continue to feel good. This is important, not just as a basketball fan, to see what your players go through, to understand a bit more about their psyche, but also as a human being, to see that your friends, your neighbors, people who come in by your work, you don't necessarily know that they're fighting through something and that they're trying their best to change every day, but it might alter the way that you treat human beings just driving down the street however you commute uh, interacting with human beings knowing this about other people might make you a bit more empathetic so i highly encourage you and if nothing else you'll learn a, a bit more about your favorite team kevin we got a lot of questions to get to so let's go ahead and dive right on in uh i'm so sorry to this gentleman i skipped over his question last week because i forgot about it uh <laughs> And, and there's, there's no way to mitigate that. So I'm going to start with him like we always try to do. Waka, 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 wakanda. Kevin, what is your eight to nine man rotation as of right now for October 17th against the Houston Rockets? Who is Alvin Gentry trotting out? Okay, well, first off, I inadvertently fixed that problem for you today because I realized that, well, Travis had told me, my partner in season tickets told me that he can't go to the preseason game. and then. I realize I have work during that for that game. So I'm not going to take off to go to a preseason game since I'm going to have to move my schedule all around during the regular season. Um, so I actually gave Waka Waka Wakanda my preseason tickets to the to that game. So I fixed that problem for you, Preston. You should thank me um, for doing so. Um, now, to answer the question, eight-man rotation, uh, man, I don't have a list of players in front of me. But I've got an... I've got it in front of me, so I'll start it. And, Kevin, based on what I say, you can make your own personal assessments. Obviously, uh, we want some version of Alfred Payton and uh, and Frank Jackson. That's two right there. Drew Holiday and Ian Clark. This is where it gets sticky. We're already at four, and you know there's going to be some version of Etwan Moore, Julius Randle, Nikola Miritich, Anthony Davis, and possibly Jaleel Okafor. So that's Okafor. Sorry, Ed. I don't know why I keep doing that. So that's nine right there. So we have to remove potentially Ian Clark, and then that's, do we in, do that's we? Who I would remove at the moment. However, Solomon Hill could easily play himself out of out of that rotation if you said him. Did you say him in that? Uh, sorry, I did say Solomon Hill. I'm, I'm trying to want, I'm trying to think of who I counted right now. So right now I've got Peyton Jackson, Drew, Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill. Yeah, Darius Miller, you can't count them both. Uh, Randall and Nico, and then AD and Okafor right there. That's 10, so you've got to cut. They're not going to cut Solo out of it initially because they're going to try to rebuild some of this trade value. Hopefully he can recoup some of that form for the 2015-16 season. But I think you're absolutely right, Kevin. Two months into the season, if Solomon Hill is still playing as he is right now, as he is as he was at the end of last season, I think he's got to be the one to go, and you've got to get that shooting from Darius Miller onto the floor. But let me say this too. I don't think it's going to be an eight-man rotation. 
because playing at this pace, I think they have to make more substitutions. So I think you're going to see more players play, and I think I think it's going to be a ten man rotation normally, and I think Darius Miller will be in there. I think Frank Jackson will be in there, and then it's going to be a battle between Ian Clark and Solomon Hill. And if Solomon Hill underwhelms, I mean, most people have already resigned themselves to the fact that Dell Dimps is going to be trying to make a move to unload Solomon Hill plus Alexia Jensa to to get another serviceable player, or at least to get Solomon Hill off of the books to create some more space to be able to sign Miritich and Randall and Elfred Payton again the following season. So I don't necessarily think unless Solomon Hill shines, which he hasn't done yet, and I'm not going to say that he can't do it, but he hasn't done anything yet to make you think that he, he is definitely a lock for playing time on this team, especially knowing that uh, his salary makes him a detriment to future plans. So I think that, that in that essence, you can kind of cut him out of the mix. I've seen some people say that um, they like him as a, as a small ball four, and I just I really disagree with that. I mean, I watched him uh, play against the Bulls where he was mostly playing small ball four in those smaller lineups. He was just getting eaten up by the Bulls' bigs, and we're not even talking about their super talented bigs. I just don't think he has the ability to, to cover a big man. I still think he's very good on the perimeter. I think he can cover one through three um, if he gets back to you know full health and confidence. And then, of course, he needs that confidence offensively, and he hasn't really given us anything offensively yet outside of a few bursts here and there. So he's definitely the guy that's on the outside looking in, not just because of talent, but because of of his salary and what that salary means towards future plans and future planning of building this team. So I would have him on the outside, but I would definitely think you need Darius Miller shooting and you need um, Frank Jackson's athleticism if he's proven to be what we think he is. Um, so that's what that's how I would look at it. All right, I think Okafor is going to be that man out because you've just got 96 minutes between the four and five positions. And if you break up, you know, 33 minutes to Anthony Davis, Nikola Meritich, and Julius Randle apiece, well, that's got you at 99 right there. And I know people are anticipating Nikola Meritich to play some three, but I think the Pelicans are also going to want, you know, some version of Solomon Hill or Darius Miller to play some four as they did last season. Let's go ahead and move on, uh, Kevin. Because quick before we move on to that, just I think that, Ja is the key to that playing those three together because you can't play those three together for stretches uh, for very long without having a serviceable backup big man because you're, you're putting the wear and tear on those three all at one time and you need to rest somebody. So by having those all three out there, you need to substitute out and then bring in another big man. And I think if Ja is able to be that contributor, then he opens up the possibility of playing Nico at the three. Okay, let's do a bit of a speed round, Kevin, because we got about 12 minutes, and I think we have nine questions. So this is from French Pelican. Are you guys surprised how bad Solomon Hill looks so far in the preseason, despite being in better shape? I'm disappointed, but not surprised. It was always something that, you know, there's always that floor that you could expect. Um, he hasn't hit the threshold that I was hoping he would be at. He hasn't played at the level I was hoping he'd be at. I think he's going to be a better player than he's shown thus far. It takes a lot to get comfortable again, and especially with a guy who obviously needs to feel um, 
he he needs uh, uh what am I trying to say uh he needs confidence offensively and he just hasn't gotten that yet because he, I don't think he's confidence in his physical abilities yet. Yeah, I do think he improved a bit against the Knicks. He looked comfortable with a couple of jumpers. Obviously, that's never going to be his game. We're just hoping that he can move the ball a bit and maybe pound the boards or at least box out a little bit. Let's go ahead and move on to Clint White, a.k.a. my burner account. I joked that on Twitter just because uh, this tweet uh, rang a little bit true for me because everybody uh, who listens to this podcast probably knows how upset I was when the Pelicans signed Alfred Payton just because I was anticipating this kind of reaction out of Rondo. Not to say the two were tied together. We can speculate all we want. Anyway, let's get to the question. He says, the offense has looked very erratic without Rondo. Is that merely a case of fitting a few new players in and Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday not playing to their max or a larger concern going forward under Payton, Kevin? I'm not that concerned with Payton yet. I think um, it's a lot to do with Anthony Davis going half speed at this moment and also just the comfort level. I think he'll get it. I, the main things that I was worried about with Alfred Payton is his defense. And I've seen a lot of possessions where he's been very engaged defensively and back-to-back possessions where he's really created turmoil on the defensive end. Um, so that was encouraging. Um, and also I feel like Drew is a guy that just needs a point guard to get him going and then he can take over and be the point guard. So if, if Peyton can provide that, then that's all you really need from him. I think he's going to be able to provide more, but if it's just that, then we'll be fine. Uh, in case you guys heard that ding, Ali Cosell joined us for a moment and then quickly removed himself. So I was excited to introduce him, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he gets back in. For now, this is William Smith. Kevin, you are on a roll, sir. I am so proud of you. What is this season? Sorry, let me try to reword this in my head. Uh, what kind of season do you expect Frank Jackson to have that would get him into the conversation for Rookie of the Year? And Travis Tate from thebirdrights.com, also one of the co-hosts of the Bird Rights podcast, along with Trevor Ritchie, asks... Frank Jackson, rookie of the year or best rookie ever, Kevin? Here's the thing is when you sit out your your initial rookie year, you have all the life stuff planned out already. Everything is taken care of. You have your house set up. You have your lifestyle set up. You're used to flying from city to city. You're used to the schedule of being an NBA player, and that makes life much easier for you, which is sort of why – you know, a lot of people felt that Ben Simmons had an unfair advantage uh, last season. But in terms of Frank Jackson, I think it's in, as, as high as I am on him, I, I think he's his athleticism and his ability to score and um, his ability to and desire to want to work. We see that he's a very hard worker. Um, I think all of those things are great. But I think it's still a learning curve when you're getting into the NBA. And then also you're playing on a team that has such high aspirations. Um, So it's going to be a fight to get minutes. Now, if he's getting 20 minutes a game and there's no injuries, that means that he's definitely on path to be in the NBA Rookie of the Year discussion. But I just think it's going to be hard for him to get that significant of a role on on a team with these aspirations with the other kinds of players that we have on this roster. Yeah, to get into that kind of conversation, I'm trying to uh, bring it up as quickly as I can. Uh, I'm bringing up the numbers of Donovan Mitchell last year, who averaged, let's see, uh, 
22 points per game. So uh, that's that's on 18 shots per game. I, I don't think Frank Jackson's going to get nearly that kind of volume. Uh, I don't think that's something that's realistic to expect. But if he gives you a bit more of what Ian Clark gave you last year and maybe a bit more than than each one more did those 10 point games just a little bit more efficiently pushes the pace uh spreads the defense a little bit i think that's what you can hope for and i think that's viable i think it's very possible that he can give you that and kind of speed up the offense you can see that he he paces the ball down the floor uh quicker than anybody else out there he knows how to push the pace he's explosive he takes it off the dribble from the perimeter so there's there's a lot to like about him and i do think that he can get into that eight-man rotation. And I think right now the Pelicans are hoping that he will. Let's go ahead and get to the next question. This is from MC Tuman. As always, thank you to you, sir. Always uh, a part of our podcast. He says, what's the latest on the battle of our training camp wings? Kevin, this one's kind of difficult because against the uh, Knicks, only Kenrich Williams entered at the five-minute mark. Garland Green and Troy Williams entered more around the two- to three-minute mark. So if any of these three guys do make the team, it's probably largely going to be based on what Gentry is seeing in practice. Do you have a favorite right now? Um, yeah, this is a hard question to answer. I wish Ollie was here because he would be the one to take this question because I didn't get to go to the, the scrimmage, and I haven't seen any practices um, and thus far. So, and I haven't seen the Atlanta game, so it's like sort of impossible to critique the play of all of those guys. So, my favorite still going into the season uh, is Troy Williams, but that's based off of just what he's done previously. Uh, that's not really fair to Kendrick Williams because I haven't seen him play much. For me, Garland Green is the perfect two way contract guy for us to work out. But if you're talking about a guy making the team, I still like Troy Williams because. His hustle stats are great, and I think he's a guy that can just fit into um, a system. He's he's a he's a solid role player. I don't think he's going to hurt you defensively. He's not going to make you incredibly better offensively, but I don't think he's going to be that big of a detriment either. He's not a great shooter, but he's active, and he attacks, and he's athletic. He makes a lot of cuts and drives. Um, so I think those are all things that, that project to him fitting in well to the system that Gentry wants to run. And I think he can handle the ball a little bit. And I hear that Kendrick Williams is also a pretty quality ball handler. I know uh, Kumar thought he was and, and made mention of that at media day. So um, he knows more about him than I do. So I'm just taking the word of people like him and Ali who have seen more of him than I have. All right, we've got two questions left. We're going to run through this really quickly. This is also from MC Tuman, as well as a pimped named Slickback. I love that name. Uh, and then we're also going to get to some tweets from J.E. Skeets and Chris Sheridan. From MC Tuman. any chance in building up AD, Clutch Sports ends up inadvertently encouraging him to revert to more ISO ball? Or what's your take on why his offense has been so ISO heavy and anemic in three preseason games? A pimp named Slickback says, should we be scared about the AD situation? Of course, J.E. Skeets and Chris Sheridan are pushing the narrative that Anthony Davis is interested in other teams. Chris Sheridan went so far as to name a couple of teams that Anthony Davis had expressed interest in. I'm not sure that that's a viable report. It hasn't been confirmed by anyone else. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and start with this, Kevin. Are you concerned about the effect that Clutch Sports may have on Anthony Davis' psyche? I'm not. I think that they're going to help him become more of an alpha dog, in a sense, which may seem to play into what uh, MC Tuman is asking, where he tries to take over and become too ISO heavy. But I think that he's 
Anthony Davis is open enough uh, to understand that it's better for him to operate within the system. And we've already hearing guys like Trayvon Blewett uh, say that Anthony Davis's unselfishness trickles down through the team. He's the most unselfish superstar he could have ever imagined. You know, he might be able to score 50, but it's going to come within the flow of the offense. And um, those are things that Trevon Blewett said about him. So I think um, those things are going to stay constant. And in the system that Gentry runs, it's about ball movement and making the right pass and getting in, uh, in the right positions quickly. And that just leads to Anthony Davis fitting into the system perfectly because he's going to be the one running up the floor. And also he can be the one getting the rebound and bringing it up the court. So he doesn't necessarily have to settle for ISO ball because the ball will just magically find him because of the kind of player uh, he is and the kind of style that he plays. So maybe if we get bogged down in half-court situations and slower-paced games, he might try to revert to ISO. And I do think that it is on his mind to be uh, thought of as the best player in the league right now, the most dominant player in the league. But I think he realizes that that's, that last year he could have said that with the kind of stat stat lines he was putting up and the dominant performances he was putting up. So if he stays in the flow of the offense on a team that is better built to to make him shine with guys like Randall who are more willing passers and um, where he is the dominant presence, uh, I think that'll all work itself out and most of the clutch stuff is going to be off the court, um, things that make him seem like a more impactful, more important player in the league. All right, this is our last question. I had an interaction with Robert Flom of Clips Nation and Blazers Edge. He is the editor-in-chief at Clips Nation. I asked him, of the guys over the 15-man threshold of the Los Angeles Clippers, who did he anticipate shaking loose in advance of October 16th's regular season start date? He said definitively Jawan Evans would be one of them. I think he was taken uh, somewhere around 40th overall in the second round last season. And then he said one of Mio, Sundarius Thornwell, and Wesley Johnson. Of those three who might shake loose, Kevin, and I think I already know the answer, but which one are you most interested in? And which one do you conceivably think will in actuality shake loose? Because if they cut Mio's, that's got to be like a $6 million cap hit. So you would you would anticipate they would try to trade him and cut somebody like Sundarius, who has a lower cap hold than Wes Johnson, who I think is also around $6 million. Which one do you think will shake free and which one do you want? I could see them trying to trade Milos and Wesley Johnson. Um, I think the, the Suns would have a lot of interest in, in Milos. Um, you know, so that's a possibility right there for them to make a little bit of a move. Uh, but if they were for some reason to cut Sundarius Thornwell, I love Sundarius Thornwell. I think he would be a great fit on this roster. He's very athletic. He's got a lot of different skills. Um, he fits into what they want to do. He's energetic. He can run up and down. He's a decent defender. I think he's an okay shooter, um, but he's very athletic and he attacks the rim. Um, I saw him brutalize the rim in summer league. Uh, he was uh, he has, he's a great leaper, and I just I think he's a guy that would develop well in the system. All right, that's going to wrap it up, you guys. Thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, this went from a four-man pod to a two-man pod, and Kevin handled it like a champ. So proud of you, dude. And you even banged out, I think, 11 questions in 20 minutes, uh, somewhere around there. I, I don't know exactly what the time uh, crunch was for it. But this is all the time we have. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do have a special surprise for you, as I prefaced earlier. Check back here Monday morning uh, for a special season preview with some of your favorite local reporters, including NOLA.com's Andrew Lopez, The Athletic's Will Guillory, 
Avery, NewOrleansPelican.com's Daniel Salerson, and WGNO's Karen Loftus. Uh, We'll have that for you by Sunday morning if you're a subscriber. Or if you're not a subscriber, check back on Twitter for my posting on Monday. And then we're going to have Ben DeBose of Locked on Rockets before the game morning of. So you guys have that to look forward to. Kevin, tell us a little bit about the this 10,000-word doctorate article you have working right now. It's basically, you remember that scene in The Office where Andy sort of has hit rock bottom and he's uh, he, he's at the silent auction and he's telling people about how great he's doing and he's working on this rock opera. This is kind of what my life has become, working on this thing. This is my weird space rock opera that maybe a sign that I've hit rock bottom for a moment. I don't know. But basically what it is, is my friend Travis is very into um, alternate ways of thinking. And um, he has, he's very invested in this thing called the human design system, which is, uh, it's a disintegration of Eastern uh, religions and thought processes, astrology, and a little bit of modern science here to sort of, be able to understand what a person's true self is supposed to be, how their behaviors are supposed to act for them to be truly happy and to live to their fullest potential. So I'm using this to go through the Pelicans roster and to identify how these traits that we see in these players are reflected in their human design chart and how those things work within each other and how sometimes they can get away from those um, tendencies that should make themselves fit their true self or, or their natural self and make them the best player that they can be and the best system that they can be. And, um, you know, while I don't necessarily believe in this stuff, I do find it interesting. And there are a lot of very interesting correlations. Um, in fact, I'll just throw this teaser out there. Um, you know, everybody everybody is comparing Alfred Payton and Rajon Rondo and, and wondering if Alfred Payton and Rajon Rondo can, can replace Rajon Rondo in this offense. And um, in fact, they have an identical human design chart. Everything about them is completely identical. So if Alvin Gentry was out there looking for a basketball player based purely off of human design charts to replace Rajon Rondo, he found an exact clone based off of um, their what astrology and their teaching and all of this stuff says about them and how their chakras are aligned, all this stuff. I know it's a little bit out there, but it's a little, it's kind of a new, it's a, it's just an interesting way to look at a roster that's different than what we see out there all the time. It's not the same old thing. So I'm hoping that people enjoy going through it, even if they don't take it very seriously. Definitely. And I hope you guys uh, recognize how, how much the, the bird rice dot, TheBirdRights.com, their team is giving to you right now. Uh, I'm, of course, referencing the whole team, but uh, more directly the work of Charlie and Jamal recently. Ali has an article pretty much every day. Kevin, as you can see, is killing himself over this article. So do us a favor. uh, Give it a click. Share it with your friends. And also, while you're at it, we're going to ask your help. Uh, You probably hear on every podcast somebody trying to solicit you for for ratings, for comments on iTunes. And I'm going to tell you why it's important, because we really do need it. I think we're somewhere around like, I don't know, 150, 170,000 downloads, somewhere uh, around there. But we only have 120 or so ratings. That's that's less than one for every thousand. Obviously, if you do the math, I'm not a mathematician. But this is why it's important. 
it helps with with our, our chart performance, our visibility. Um, there's Apple's charting algorithm. There's all these different ways that your rating, your reviews can help to get us attention. And most importantly, we don't ask you guys for money. Uh, we don't run a whole lot of ads. I think we might run three 15-second ads right now. So the way for us to best advertise this is to show the ratings and the positive impact that you, our listeners, uh, have given and have taken the time to do for our podcast. So I'm asking you earnestly, if you guys can do us a favor, it takes about 15 to 30 seconds to do it. Uh, just pull up the iTunes uh, link that I'm going to put under this. Just click it. Scroll all the way down on your phone. Give us five stars. If you have an extra second, give us a little rating. This podcast rocks. We greatly appreciate it. For now, I'm Preston Ellis. Of course, uh, Ali Cosell couldn't join us, but we want to give a big shout out to him. He's always killing it, and he's going to be editing Kevin's 10,000-word article as well as this podcast. So shout out to him. Shout out to David Grubb of Crescent City Sports. Uh, dot com. He's busting his butt. He went over to practice today. And thank you to you. Thank you to our listeners. We're probably somewhere around 45 minutes right now. We appreciate you sticking with us. We hope that you'll do it all season long, just as you did last year. And we're going to continue celebrating you. So don't forget, under this, you can drop a, a comment about how you became a Pelicans fan, what your favorite game is, anything about the Pelicans and their relationship to you. And we will read it off on our next podcast. For now, hey, the regular season is seven days away. Let's go, pals. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.